The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. If you're a stiff football player, how do you get rid of the stiffness, Chewy? They made me take um, Taekwondo. Probably Did you ever take Taekwondo? No, I've never done Taekwondo. How far did you get? I think it was a green belt. My name is Rex, and if you study with my eight-week program, you will learn a system of self-defense that I developed over two seasons of fighting in the octagon. It's called Rex Kwondo. It was like Dr. Cho's in Green Bay. And there was probably five of us that went there. Ron Wolf made us go there. Grab my arm. Your other arm. My other arm. Okay, now watch this. I'm just going to break the wrist and walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. Jeez. Okay, it's just that simple. Picture it didn't happen, Chu. Do you have a picture of you doing Taekwondo? I wonder if I still have the garb. Take a look at what I'm wearing, people. Do you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's geese. But yeah, it's a gi. Yeah, gee, it's still yes, gi. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man look like he want to fight. He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth. Talk about it. We all about it. They make the plans. We sit and count. Our chairs stack just like a mountain. You heard about it. She running her mouth. She wants to ride This feels like a very, 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 very long time. To be looking for the next president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers. Mark Murphy doesn't officially have to be off the job until the summer of 2025. We're more than a year away. And yesterday, the Green Bay Packers announced that they are beginning their search. Announced the process to find the successor for president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers, Mark Murphy. Is this standard? Is this normal? Yeah, because I think part of the last, part of the, you know, once they hire someone, I think they want him to have six to eight months of training on the job with Mark. So it's really not that long when you take that into consideration. Yes, he officially takes over as CEO and president of the Green Bay Packers in July of 2025. But if that person, you know, ends up, you know, being in place and being around the team a little bit during the season so they can see how okay, this is how the season works. This is how the off-season works. I think this makes sense because, especially if they end up hiring somebody outside of the NFL, the way that Mark Murphy was, because he was the, the the AD of Northwestern when they brought him in, that way you could kind of, you know, learn on the job a little bit with the guy who's been the president for the last 20 years. Plus you want to afford whatever company that individual is probably the CEO of that company give them enough notice for them to do their search for the next person as well so we're just shadowing for six months yeah um I mean probably more than that really What's the longest you could shadow a job for before you'd be like all right I got it you gotta go I want to do it leave yeah but I mean it, the NFL is so different in season versus out of season and if he doesn't have to retire till July, don't you want him to at least experience a handful of games at Lambeau before? Like having him in place by December, so he's there for December, January, any sort of playoff games. I mean, Murphy doesn't have to retire till July, but just, you want just, him there for some of the games, do you not? Just don't take a former player. Why? Right? 
Uh, for a lot of the deficiencies that Murphy has in running the organization. I just don't want someone sticking their nose into something that's really trending to be really, really good and shaking it up. Just kind of do what you do, make the organization money, lay in the weeds, and let the people run the football side of things. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that he has erred in that space? Do you think that Mark Murphy has intervened or meddled more than he should? I I just don't like the structure. I don't like the silos. I like uh, rank and file. Call me old school, but I like the GM to hire the coach and be in charge of the coach, and the coach answers to the GM. Now, we we speculate that, I don't know, Goody and LaFleur have a working relationship, but I think when you're in a position like that, you need to be a little closer than a working relationship. Well, it seems like you're going to be more protective of your space, is it not? When you're in the silos, because it's like, oh, okay, well, this is what I was hired to do. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll work together when we need to. Feels a little like a lack of accountability, though. Who's holding each person accountable? Well, that's where Murphy comes in. If you're in charge of your silo... You know, and you yeah. can say like, wait, no, this is my territory. Don't come yeah. over into my yeah. territory. But as long as somebody is still checking you, I suppose it's fine. But it does feel a little insulary, doesn't it? Yeah, I, and that's what I, I'm with Chewy. I don't like it. It's worked out so far for the Packers. But we had a conversation earlier this week about the new, you know, defensive coordinator coming in. And now how much are they going to work with, you know, uh, Brian Gutekunst? Now, what are they going to do? How much collaborative? I don't think that's a question. I don't think that's a conversation if things are the way they were before Murphy changed them. If it's just president, GM, it's just a straight flow chart like, down. Yeah. And it makes more sense because you know, okay, this is how everybody kind of works together. And this is how instead of, nope, you do this thing, you do that thing. And then... Russ Ball, I guess we kind of like you so you can handle the money. Like the egos in this business, Jen, are astronomical. Sure. Players, coaches, front office, CEOs. You're dealing with massive egos, you know? And then when you have two people on the same level, such as a Goody and a LaFleur, I mean, the egos can get in the way. God, I just remember with Holmgren and Brett, both had massive egos. And Holmgren got a little jealous of Brett sometimes when Brett got a little too much attention. And there was kind of a peeing fight. <laughs> but Holmgren handled it perfectly. Can I, I can say that. I didn't say that. No, you, no you, you, I'm laughing because you actually said it correctly, yeah. and I'm shocked. But, but, and it but sounds Holmgren, funny when you say it like that. Yeah, Holmgren technically was the boss of Brett, and Brett knew that, so Holmgren kept him in line as much as he could. They weren't on equal playing fields, even though from a publicity or a whatever, endorsement standpoint, Brett was probably ahead of Holmgren. Okay, so we've always known that this date was coming. Uh, I do love that a couple of publications were like, Mark Murphy has announced. What announced? Everybody knew that July 2025 was the deadline, because, but maybe it's outside of Packers world yeah, that's a little bit more surprising. Murphy himself in a Murphy Takes Five, and not just the, the one that most recently happened where the guy told him that nobody liked him, like probably a year Revealed. or so ago said that, oh yeah, by the way, I turned 70 in July. That's when I got to be out. So let me ask you this, Chew. 
Has Mark Murphy left the Packers better off than when he first took over? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, he has. In what ways? Uh, building the Lambeau Empire. What he's done around the stadium, acquiring land, um, the renovation to the stadium, you know, the upper upper deck, the whole little village there. Um, I mean, you look at it 15 years. How long has he been in office? Uh, so he took over on December 3rd, 2007. Just look well, actually, at... It officially look, began in January of 08. But just look at, you know, the properties around Lambeau to which Craig has two of them or three of them now? Two. Or two. Two of them. I mean, look at those houses that have just turned into party houses. I don't even think people live in them. It's just... And that's all because of Murphy. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Well, I just don't like him meddling because he's a former player thinking he knows about the about the football side of things because um, it's passed him by. But doesn't passed. he know more than just a guy who came from the business sector or a guy who came from the finance sector or a guy who came from any of these other things? Him having played does feel like that's some experience. And I'm not saying you should wave that in people's faces. I'm not saying you should remind them every day, hey, remember I play ball. Hey, remember I play football. Hey, remember I was a safety in the league once. I'm not saying to do that. But if somebody you know, gets to a point where they're looking for other opinions and other insight. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that he has no, that it, game experience to lean on. It's not, and he should be on the, let's say they have to hire a new coach, LaFleur goes somewhere else or something, whatever. I think he should be a part of the search committee. I don't think he should be the one making the decision to hire the head coach. I think that falls on the shoulders of the general manager. Has Mark Murphy left the Packers better than when he got them, Gabe? Without a doubt. We have the biggest event that's ever going to be held at Lambeau Field coming to Green Bay. Next Outside year. of a Super Bowl. Yes. They haven't held hosted a Super Bowl. What I'm saying, you have the draft coming, but outside of a Super Bowl, the draft is the biggest thing in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, but this is the biggest thing that's ever happened at Lambeau Field, is what I'm saying. Like, and this the biggest thing that's ever going to happen at Lambeau Field. But, and that's all because of Murphy. And it starts with what Chewie said. Like, I don't think that the Packers are getting a draft. Unless he builds up Titletown District. Like, if that's yeah, still correct. a Kmart or a, whatever it was, uh, you know, over where they have the football field and the brewery and uh, the, the destination Kohler. Like, if that's still, like, just parking lot and shopping center, like, the draft's not coming here. But they built it up into something, and he is responsible for that. Like, as much as we want to, and, and again, I'm with Chewy, I don't like the fact that he decided to stick his nose into the football things. I don't like that. But from a... Bob Harlan before him, he's not as well liked, but there's you can't argue the business stuff he's done for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you're gonna like, have sure. to refresh my memory though. What do you mean by stick his nose in the football stuff? Like, where has he inserted himself where you think he shouldn't have? Um, when he decided, I hire and fire the coach. So just implementing the silos. Yeah, 100%. And separating yeah, the I, hierarchy. I right? feel like most teams that have gone to the silos eventually go back. We've never heard a substantiated report with somebody's name behind it, but there seems to be tricklings and rumors and innuendo about him having impact in the football decisions more than we're led on to believe. No one's ever given that a for sure thing, but there's been, like, Aaron Rodgers and the way he talks about Mark Murphy seems to be saying this guy is making calling the shots at some level. 
I don't know. I just I I, I don't ever remember Bob Harlan talking about the football side of things because wasn't there a fumble where Murphy said something about Rogers and I know Rogers is a little sensitive but it ticked him a complicated, complicated remember the fella. complicated yep. fella yep. Yeah. which is funny because as we sit here and we try to Mount Rushmore the things that Mark Murphy has done that certainly pops to the top of the not, not to the top well, of the list right but when you think about Mark Murphy's legacy Tell me where complicated fellow ranks. It's oh, it's top five. It's high up there because it's just hilarious because three yeah. days before that in Murphy Takes Five, he was, oh, we should handle this behind closed doors. And then the first opportunity he had in an open microphone setting went, well, he's a complicated fella. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. So, like, it, it, yeah, that, that's part of his legacy. Jason mentioned that on Tuesday. Part of Mark Murphy's legacy is open mouth, insert foot. But that's more... I mean, I don't know how much impact outside. I mean, the Rogers stuff certainly did, but like some of the, the the funny stuff he does, I don't think have has really had a, a direct impact other than we can have a laugh at his expense. Will anything endure more than the photo going down the sledding hill? No, that that's what I was saying. When he goes, he's going to get the draft here, yes. and he deserves credit for it. But 100%. when everyone thinks back to Mark Murphy, they think of him having the time of oh, his he's, life. I mean, the hands are <laughs> up, the legs are like the man is having like again. He built that sledding hill. <laughs> he He's taking their inaugural ride on the tube down. Like he deserved that moment. He deserved that moment of happiness. I think you can also argue, aside from the business stuff, that where the Packers are right now at this moment is about as ideal of a situation as you could leave a football team. We don't know how much impact he's had on those things. The the it, there's differences in it, but Goody Lafleur, Jordan Love, and he's stepping away. How many how many people how many other NFL teams have it better? I don't know. Than that? It just feels like and again, I understand what we're saying about picking up the breadcrumbs and seeing little hints here and there of his involvement on the football side, but it does feel a little like wild speculation. It does feel a little like we don't really know what the specifics are, but we've heard he's interfered. We've heard like I, I that's what I'm saying. I would love to know what some of these things are and how substantial they really have been in the grand scheme of things in Green Bay. Of course, the other thing that I will always remember is Mark Murphy's appearance at that girls basketball tournament where mm-hmm. he said, mm-hmm. unless things don't go the way we want them to, when asked about Aaron Rodgers' future. So that was another time where Again, it was like nothing that had a direct impact on anything. But was fun to see and laugh about. No, I mean when you look at other owners on how they interject themselves, and they are clueless. I mean some of these some of these uh, owners of these teams, like like uh, for example, who's it? Temper in Carolina. Yes, Tepper. telling them. Uh, well, reports have said that they wanted Bryce Young, right? Well, clearly that seems to be a mistake because Stroud was the much better quarterback. So just just things like that. I mean, it doesn't balance, seem like he's yeah. It's those not shots. as bad as you think, as compared to some of these owners. I mean, look at Jerry Jones. You think Jerry Jones blames himself at all for the Cowboys having not won a Super Bowl in almost thirty years? We should you he think doesn't. he does? I was just say that's what he got Jason Garrett and Tony Romo for. Well, right. Uh, <laughs> what do we call those meat shields? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he should. Especially if he does, as we do think again, he does meddle. He's a meddler. Well, he, he does yeah. involve himself. I, he's more in, than him. He's he, making draft picks. Well, he's the general manager. Yeah. He has named him. He yeah. has named himself, and the he's going to pass manager. it on to his kid. <laughs> yeah, like right? he, he's. That's not even meddling. Yeah. That's I don't. That go beyond. Meddling. Guess I had forgotten about that. Transfer <laughs> <Yeah. of> power. <laughs> 
down there in Dallas. Actually, the GM. I will say this though, again, and we've talked about this a million times here on this show, just about the un- u- unique an unusual situation that the Packers find themselves in by not having an owner. And it has always felt that the CEO slash president does have to serve as a sort of owner without having the financial investment in the franchise. So all the things that an owner would do, you know, somebody's got to do those things. So it does feel like that has sort of fallen on the CEO and president. And that's, I think, something that the next person has to be prepared for. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious to see because it seems like at times Murphy's also been almost an unofficial spokesperson for the NFL. Like they come out of owners meetings and he's the one who's floating ideas that maybe they talked about just to kind of, OK, we're going to throw this trial balloon out there. Mark, go talk about it so we can see how the public kind of reacts. I, I don't know if the next guy is going to be that guy, if that ends up being somebody else. But it seemed like he was almost an unofficial spokesperson at a lot of these owners. Is, meetings. This is going to sound rude. Is he the NFL owners useful idiot? <laughs> Meaning, uh, meaning, why go, would you think that would sound disrespectful, Josh? <laughs> like, meaning, go out there and just say this and let's see what happens. Because, I mean, that's what you're implying. Yeah. Because he just seemed willing to put his name out there. I don't know. What are they going to do was, about me? Hold on. He was the mouthpiece for the owners in the last negotiation of the CBA, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was one of those guys. Like, he was that's one of the guys. not a guy you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> he it seemed like he wanted to be that, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Mikey. <laughs> Let's put it on the Jen Gabe and Chewy Twitter poll. Has Mark Murphy left the Packers better off than when he first took over? 800-990-3776. We've got Jason Wildy coming up next on Jen Gabe and Chewy. Full day, couple opportunities for you to be entered into our superb Owl Squares board. And we've got Top 8 at 8 coming up in the second hour of the show. Stick around. Ready, down, put, 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 put. All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wilde on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Always great to check in with our friend and teammate, Jason Wildey. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? Hello, friends. Hello. I'm good. We've been talking about the Packers announcing the the CEO slash president. (laughs) He just called you your friend. You just basically called him your enemy, Chew. No, I didn't. You said, hello, Newman. It's like calling someone your enemy. Pimple popper MD over there. Jason loves Uh, Seinfeld. I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, it's true. All right, sorry, Mark Mark Murphy. I'm sorry, this is totally my fault. <laughs> no, it's 100% not. my fault. Not on Chewy, it's totally on me. <laughs> Let me get everyone, especially me, refocused. This Mark is such Murphy. garbage that Chewy just gets... Gabe takes blame and Jason now takes blame for Chewy. He's doing it himself. No, but I mean, the expectation no, for is Chewy is Chewy doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> Like, but I know this going in. Now Jason also knows this. So, you know, we got we to gotta protect the big guy. Got to protect our stars. No doubt about it. That's what we do here. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Let's go to commercial. You sound like, you, you, you sound like Brian Gumble on uh, Real Sports. I love that line. Let's move on. 
Let's move on. So let's move on. How soon before you think they fill this position and get somebody in there? The guys have informed me that they want this to be a sort of shadowing opportunity where they bring the person in and then they can kind of shadow Mark Murphy for an extended period of time before he has to hang him up in July of 2025. So when realistically do you think this hire will be made? Yeah, I just want to confirm that my calendar is right here. It is February of 2024. Right 100%. Now, right? Yes, we are more than I a mean, year out. I, yeah, I don't I don't know why they felt the need to issue this press release. I saw some of the local stations up here in Green Bay. It was like in the A block of their newscasts. And I'm kind of like, in the, in the immortal words of the great American orator, Mark Tauscher, no blank, blank. Like, there was nothing, and I, I'm in a group chat with some uh, folks that work in the building and some folks that cover the team with me, and we're all kind of like, this isn't really news. Now, I know you guys are kind of talking about, you know, maybe legacy more than uh, procedural, but, like, they used Corn Ferry last year or last time when... It's a great uh, name, by the way. Great name. <laughs> Corn Ferry. And it's not even C-O-R-N. It's K-O-R-N. You're going to rock hard on that ferry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the... And then Is the, it like the Grog Cruise? <laughs> And then the dude that's in charge of it, Jed Hughes, is neither a corn nor a fairy. So misleading. Like, <laughs> very confusing. And I and I got to be honest, I don't like. Do you really need a headhunting firm to find the president of a football team? Like, you're not going to get qualified candidates without their help. But again, I don't understand it. I've never been a CEO. I never will be a CEO. So who am I to judge? But this this felt like much ado about nothing. Like they're going to get multiple candidates. The only thing that I thought was interesting is that in their mind, to answer your original question here, is that it's going to be a six to nine month process. So if this is February, then we're looking at somewhere between August, September, October, and November that they want to have that next man up or woman, so to speak, for them to then spend the time from November until July, you know, and you know, riding down the sledding hill with Mark and everything else, so they can have a better idea what the job entails. That's an I, epic I photo op opportunity, Jason. You're a genius. So I thank you. That's what I'm here for. Um, I always wonder what I'm here for. Um, I, I would just say this, uh, and and I'm not saying that he is the slam dunk. No doubt, he's going to be the guy candidate. But if they, I think they need to be careful that they don't overthink this. And it's okay, as you have learned with the quarterback position, to have an heir apparent. And if Ed policy ends up not being the choice, I will be very curious as to why they didn't do that. He has been here a long time. He has NFL uh, executive bloodlines. He was really the point person on their crown jewel of title town. And if they decide that they need to go with someone, they've, and, and he's not a green Bay native, I get that, but he, he's been here long enough to appreciate kind of just all the different aspects to being in green Bay, Wisconsin, as opposed to being in Chicago or New York or San Francisco, et cetera. So uh, I, I, I would hope, that they realize that they have the right person. And even if they have some other folks that knock their socks off too, 
I, I just hope they don't overthink this. All right, Jason, walk me through this. Why does the Packer world, like Bob Harlan over Mark Murphy, both won a Super Bowl, Mike Holmgren over McCarthy, both won a Super Bowl, and Ron Wolf over Ted Thompson, both won a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why, why, why is, well, wait a minute, there, what was the question exactly? Sorry. Like, why did, why, why, like, why, Murphy, why is, Murphy, why did, I think, did as much in totality. I mean, uh, Bob Harlan gets credit for, for renovating the whole stadium, right? You just didn't finish the question, big guy. <laughs> What yeah, was the question? Yeah. The the that's past regime. What yeah, we okay. Were that, that's, well, no, that's okay. <laughs> All right, let me let me clean this up for you. What is happening today? Let me let me clean this up for the big <laughs> guy. This is so All right, awesome. Because I know what he was asking. You just stopped I talking. I do too. But I thank you, Jason. Guessing. You're right like because he, again, he the second. Yeah, you did. Uh, well, what? This was what passed through regime. my mind, Jason. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hog Jason here for the next ten minutes, and then Gabe isn't going to get a question in, and he's going to be ticked at me for the rest of the show. So, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I, I am fortunate enough, and I should really call him uh, now that I think about it, because I, I don't check in with the old people in my life nearly enough with everything we have going on. And But I've, I'm lucky enough to become a friend of Ron Wolf, and uh, he, he scared the crap out of me when I had to call his office and not screw up my questions when I was a young reporter. But I, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he feels like the 96 team does not get nearly enough appreciation and celebration and respect for what it accomplished in today's Lambeau Field ecosystem. And I think he's right. Now, I, can t- I would tell him this. I would tell anyone this. There, the, the shift at Lambeau Field is symptomatic of how most NFL teams, if not all, I haven't covered them all, obviously, view players today, which is they don't give a damn about history. They want to be celebrated themselves. And so in the meeting rooms, which used to be, you know, plastered photos, sepia-toned photos of greats that played that position previously, now they put up pictures of guys that are in the rooms, which, again, I'm an old person. I don't view it that that should be that way. Right. I think you should have an appreciation for those that came before you and you should want to live up to that uh, level of expectation and excellence. But it is about the guys that are on the team now. I think you can do both. Okay, so I I think Ron feels that the 96 team is kind of lost in the history of they're not the, the Lombardi year Packers and they're not today's team. So they don't necessarily get you know, brought up as much or, or respected as much. That That's the feeling I get when he and I talk. So to your question, when you go 29 years of wandering in the wilderness, and I know you were, you know, in Boston and, and not here, but they really sucked for a large portion of my childhood. And so what made your team special is that you, like Moses, led us out of the wilderness. That's a Christianity reference. And and my issue is that that is a really big deal. And so Bob Harlan, who tried to hire Ron Wolf once before, and the dysfunction of the organization prevented Ron from taking the job and then got him to come the next time 
when he made it very clear that he'd be running the football operation, uh, hiring Mike Holmgren, who was the hot candidate, that the fact that the Packers got him when he interviewed at a bunch of different places was enormous, getting Brett Favre, who became obviously a legend. And I, was, I watched the 30 for 30 again on ESPN about Reggie White. Like, that's still, that was before I was covering the team. But the fact that Reggie White, who I know they paid him the most, uh, the fact that he came to Green Bay when he was on this tour of all these different teams, everything, that was such a transformative era that now we sit here three decades later, and this is all most people know. So the reason why Harlan, Holmgren, Wolf, Favre, Reggie are viewed, at least for those of us that have been alive for all this, at a higher level than Murphy, Thompson, McCarthy, Rogers, Woodson is because they came along when excellence had been restored. You guys came along when, I mean, in 91, they were four and 12 and then they drafted Mark Chimura and everything changed. (laughs) What do you think is the crowning achievement of Mark Murphy's tenure? Well, they have, uh, a hell of a lot of money in their reserve fund, which is one thing like that's not going to be the top item, but they are, you know, they negotiated through COVID. They did everything that the tiniest franchise in American professional sports is on extremely solid financial footing, which should not be underrated. But to me, it's going to be title town and it's going to be getting the draft here. And then down the list a little bit further are the additions to Lambeau Field and uh, the success of the team, hiring Lafleur and Goody, who uh, have not won a Super Bowl, but certainly have continued the successful run of the two regimes that we were just talking about that, that kind of predate them. So he, there's a lot of really very positive things on the ledger for him during his tenure, but you know, again, I, I think Chewy's right in the mind of those of us that have lived through the last 50 years of Packers football. Um, it is still second. to I mean, Bob Harlan and Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren and Ron Wolf and Reggie saved the franchise. Like, I, there is still part of me, and I, we, all, we don't think about it now 30 years later, but Peter King has told the story that there, if they had continued down the road they had been on before that group took over, uh, there is a belief within the NFL that they would have lost the team. And the NFL would have put that team in another market that was far more, in their minds, lucrative. And now, I mean, they print money over there. So that, that should never be understated for that group. Very quickly, Jason, and I want to make sure we're clear on this. How much I understand that. That's why I preface the question with that statement. (laughs) How much influence does Murphy actually have on football decisions as far as personnel, as far as the draft? I I know there's a lot of rumblings and whispers and rumors, but I've never actually heard anyone say Mark Murphy stepped in and forced us to do this. So is it just a narrative that's out there? Well, I, I, you know, you know this, Jen. No one, no one would ever come out and say that, right? Like, I, your friend Diana Rossini, I think, does a really good job. Uh, and she, that piece, that stuff, all about the Jets, was really well done uh, with her and was it Connor Hughes that wrote it with her? 
Um, but the look, no one is ever going to tell uh, us reporters. Yeah, uh, Mark stepped in and demanded that we, I don't know, draft Quay Walker or have that throwback pass that Dontavian Wicks threw on third down. Um, but I, I do think, like in the Rogers stuff and some of the other things, he, I think there is a a belief and people that I have talked to, he has stepped in on that kind of bigger picture stuff. But no, he's he's not saying no. You're drafting Quay Walker. Like I don't think he does that. I. Uh, if if there is a criticism that I have, it is, and I I voiced a number of them, including that I don't think they do enough for their fans while they love their narrative about being owned by the fans. I would say it is the fact that he changed the structure of the organization, saying that he was going to make it so there would be fewer silos, and I don't think those silos were fixed. In fact, I think they were reinforced. And it's great that Mer- that Lafleur and Goody work fine together. Uh, winning cures a lot of things. I don't think that the operation is as collaborative as it probably should be, or as Mark envisioned it. And when hard times hit, uh, you find out whether or not that your structure works. They won a lot of football games this year. Had that continued though, the way it was going in October. Uh, I'm glad that we don't live in the alternative universe there because I think some people would have had a really tough goal, but I'm not sure that the structure makes it better. All right, Jason, we appreciate the clarity on that. Thanks for chatting with us. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. uh, Tomorrow, in fact. All right, everybody, take care. Be good. A lot sooner than the Packers will have a new CEO, apparently. All right, Gabe, go ahead. X-Golf is located at American Family Field. It's open year-round. Really cool uh, location inside AmFam Field. It's up a little bit, overlooking left field inside the stadium. So it's a really cool space. If you're looking to host some big event there, you can host that event at X-Golf at American Family Field. Or maybe you're just looking to get over there, sneak some swings in over lunch. You can take advantage of the great lunch specials that they have. Or, because the snow is starting to melt, you're starting to see that grass out there. You want to make sure your game hits the ground running when it is time to play outside, so get some lessons taught by their PGA Pro in Andy Barrett. Book your sim today, xgolf and fanfield.com. You're listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. You call them a white find stiff someone else. earlier. From one white stiff to another, <laughs> I'm pretty well versed in the, in the realm of stiffs. On 94.5 ESPN. out on this thing do people just not like mark murphy i see an awful lot of venom thrown his way for things that i think are completely out of his control or at least are not under his job requirements or to-do list is it just easy when things go sideways to blame mark murphy is that what i'm seeing uh, i think the dopey leader of any organization is probably going to come under fire and while i do believe Mark Murphy has been meddlesome in ways that Jason alluded to. He's not nearly as meddlesome as people think he is. We're like making draft picks, signing free agents, saying who should play. So I think things get conflated in terms of what he actually does there. And they look around and say, where's all the Super Bowls? They expect more and they only have one. And it's funny because to go back to Chewy's point that he made before he short-circuited with Jason... Like his predecessor, who is 
revered, like beloved by the fan base. And because he did bring us out of the darkness into the era that we're in, Bob Harlan really won one Super Bowl. And nobody's going, Bob, we're shouldn't we have more trophies in this thing, Bob? You, you oversaw a pretty good era. How come we don't have more tra- And yet, that's that's the standard that has been applied to Mark Murphy. To be somewhat fair, Mark Murphy has made himself more of a target than Bob Harlan ever did. He is the more public-facing of the two. So, people see and hear Mark Murphy, and then he just gets all the blame for everything. That's the way I view it. He also led like the strangest press conference I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. 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 Bob, Matt- Harlan, Bob Harlan was Mr. Rogers. I, he really I, was. I don't know, Chu, and I guess I, I wasn't covering or thinking about the team in the, the way that I do now. I don't know if I saw Bob Harlan say as many words publicly as when Mark Murphy hired Matt LaFleur. Because he started the Matt LaFleur, the Matt LaFleur press conference with like a 20-minute soliloquy of his own. Like he just took over. Said everything he wanted to say while Matt just like sat there awkwardly for 20 minutes before anybody could ask the new coach of the Green Bay Packers any questions. See, my angst comes from when I was there, it was a family-type atmosphere, right? It's family. I, I told you guys about Pub Club every Thursday. We'd invite the janitor. We'd invite uh, the head of the ticket office. Anyone was invited. Okay, then then I leave, family. And then I could see it grow, which is fine. I could see it growing growing into corporate America. And I don't like some of the way, I don't like the way some of those people who are part of the family were handled. But that's just the way of the world now, you know? That's my angst. And he was a part of replacing those people. And I, I just, I don't like the way he did it. I guess my that's question, where my angst comes which from. makes sense, but I guess my question to people out there who are critical of Mark Murphy, who don't like Mark Murphy, is what role do you think Mark Murphy has actually had in winning or not winning Super Bowls? It, my, as far as I can tell, it's only overseeing Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur. You know, we here, let's bring it more relevant. One of the frustrations around this past season was Joe Barry. And whether or not Joe Barry deserved to stay on as defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers after coming in with a unappetizing resume and also not really making it much better during his tenure in Green Bay. There was frustration in that Matt LaFleur was the only person who could pull the trigger on firing Joe Barry. So if there's a frustration, again, it goes to what you said, structurally, I kind of wish that Mark Murphy had more power in that way because we all thought that Matt LaFleur's relationship with Joe Barry was keeping him from being able to pull that trigger. And maybe he needed somebody to come in and say, you can't do it, but I can do it. You're gone. That's I can't think of anything else, guys, that Mark Murphy could have yeah. done differently that would have maybe put this team in a better position to win Super Bowls. But let me ask you this, Jen. Did he go to the silos because, and I think a lot of people forget, there was a time where Ted Thompson's was having health issues and the rumblings we got was there was kind of a mutiny and Ted Thompson wasn't the one making picks or do you remember that? And is that the reason why he went to the silos? I think kind of some of the rumblings around that too were maybe he ignored that for too long. 
Yeah. And felt that he needed the reason why he then went to the silos is because, hey, I let the situation go on too long because I wasn't as involved on that side. I was focused more on the business side. Ted handled the, the football side of things. I let that get away. So now I, me, as the president and CEO, have to be more involved in the football side of things, too. I think he feels like he made a mistake with the way things were handled with Ted and wanted to insert himself. Because that was Aaron Rodgers' prime, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know. So that's part of the wasted years Mm -hmm. under an MVP or a Hall of Fame-type quarterback. So I don't know. Every time you say wasted years, I think of that song. I'll keep holding on. Oh, great song. I knew Chewie would like that one. Uh, so I good. still don't know it. Yeah, either do I. 800 3776 This is your Q2 call. It is time to play Superb Owl Squares here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewie. We'll go over the rules when we come back, but get your dialing fingers ready. Go ahead and line up those calls. It is time to play Superb Owl Squares here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewie. All right, you guys have heard me talk about the State Fair walking through the expo center, seeing the saunas of good health saunas and thinking I would like to own one of those and talking to their salespeople and then walking me through the whole process and telling me about all the benefits of owning a sauna. And guess what? I bit, I bought, I got it. It's in my basement right now. And I got to tell you guys, I've had it since October. The benefits are so obvious. I am sleeping better. My skin looks better. The lady at the hair salon said that my hair is growing longer, if you can believe that. And all of those health benefits come from sitting in my good health sauna for about 30 minutes a day. It's a detoxification that I know I need with all of the rigors of life. And if you are in the market and you're thinking, how can I add years to my life? A good health sauna is a great place to start. Go to their website, goodhealthsaunas.com. On the website, you can see the options that they have, the saunas that they offer, and read more about the benefits of having a sauna in your home. Goodhealthsaunas.com. Tell them Jen from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy sent you. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. (laughs) Tuna. It's tuna. (laughs) I love tuna. (laughs) I had some last night. How do you eat your tuna? <laughs> Can we for once grow up on this show? On 94.5 ESPN. I'll keep holding on. I'll keep holding on. Sam, how is this? There it is. Is this Carly Simon? No. Holding, 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 It's simply red. Is it really? Yeah, and it's a dude. I'm pretty sure it's a dude. It is 100. I'm watching a man sing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This was the era of Millie Vanilli, though. And you never oh, know. Oh, were they good? Do y'all really not know this song? No. No, and it oh. stinks. Pu. 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 All right, let's play a little superb owl square, shall we? Mike in Oak Creek is first up on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy this morning. Mike, are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? Uh, Yes, I am. All right, Mike, you get the question right. You get entered to the Superb Owl board that Joshy will randomly assign. I'm sure we'll put that out on social media after all the entries have been completed. Uh, And whoever ends up winning the Squares board contest with the big game coming up on Sunday wins the Mark Chimura signed framed jersey. Official contest rules, ESPNWisconsinContests.com. Your question to kick it off today. Who is the only quarterback to throw six touchdown passes in a single Super Bowl? Oh. 
Um, Need an answer. I'm going to go with Montana. Steve Young. It was Steve Young. (laughs) 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 Didn't even let the body get cold. (laughs) It was Steve Young in Super Bowl 29. All right, let's go out to Justin and Cudahy. Justin, you're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Who is the youngest player to score a touchdown in Super Bowl history? Boy. Oh, that's a I don't, don't feel great oh, about asking the question. Ow. Yikes. Oh, man. Um, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even have a name for you. So. Fair. Totally that's, fair. I get you, man. Like, I mean, you're expecting these to be hard. I don't know if you're expecting them to be that hard. Walter Payton, no idea. Uh, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis was 21 when he scored in Super Bowl 35. Let's go out to Dumpy and West Bend. Dumpy, you're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb All Squares? Please never sing again. (laughs) (laughs) Can't promise you that, Dumpy. I cannot promise you that. All right, Dumpy, including the playoffs, including playoffs, which quarterback owns the record for most pass yards in a Super Bowl winning season? Including the playoffs, which quarterback owns the record for most passing yards in a Super Bowl winning season? Um... If I had to take a guess, I would say Brady, but let me just look it up on Google first here. Give me a sec. <laughs> All right, so Brady was his answer. Uh, Eli Manning. Yeah. Oh, that's huh. gross. Eli Manning threw for 6,152 yards in 2011. Also, to did be fair, know? Dumpy could have been talking to Chew about not singing ever again, as yeah. Chew did the holding, yeah. holding, holding, holding. <laughs> sure. Climbing. No, yeah, I feel. No. You, you held a solo there. Chewy held a solo. He did the holding, 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 holding. Let's go out to Eric in Madison. Eric, you're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? I'm ready, Jen. Which Super Bowl champ owned the worst regular season record? Which Super Bowl champion owned the worst regular season record? So I know the Packers were wild cards. I'm just going to go with the Packers. Not a bad guess. Thinking not flawed, Packers, though, were 10-6. and six. The following season, Gi- another wildcard team won. They were 9-7, and seven, mm. and that is the New York football Giants. Yeah. Running out of questions here, folks. Yeah, I, oh, I'm running out of questions. I'm nervous that I've, I've got some that I can ask just randomly, Backups. but we're, we're, we're running out of hembo questions here quickly. Joe and Kiwaskum, you're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? By pick number, who is the latest drafted quarterback to start a Super Bowl, excluding undrafted players? By pick number, who is the latest drafted quarterback to start a Super Bowl, excluding undrafted players? This is tricky. So I don't know the number. Can I just say Mr. Irrelevant? Well, so... (laughs) He's a player. (laughs) Oh, you need a player? Yes. Yeah. I need a player. Brock Purdy. Well, Brock Purdy has not started a Super Bowl yet. That's why I said this is tricky. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a different guess because Brock Purdy is not the answer. Brock Purdy is going to be starting a Super Bowl, but has yet to start a uh, Super Bowl. Let's say, um, 
We got to move on. Where that's, is that's Joe not him. Calling He's from? at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> he was thinking of Brad Johnson. Is it Hasseldork? Brad Johnson was the correct answer. Oh. He was on the right. He just couldn't come up with the name. Brad Johnson was drafted 227th in 1992. All right. Uh, that brings us to Bryce in Germantown. Bryce, you're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? Let's give it a go. What was the last wild card team to lose in the Super Bowl? The last wild card team to lose the Super Bowl. Ooh, um, I guess the last thing I was the Bucks, but I think they won it when they were there. So I, uh, God, these are tough. The Packers. I'll go the Packers to uh, lose. Yeah, to lose, yeah. not win. So the Titans, the 1999 oh, Titans. Wow. It's, uh... Kurt Warner. Moving on, John in Milwaukee, Superb Owl Squares, you know the drill. Which, which starting quarterback threw for the fewest yards in a Super Bowl win? A starting quarterback who threw the fewest I yards in a Super Bowl win. Oh. oh, you guys are on one today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also man. fair. Fewest yeah, yards. Jewish yards. Ah. The Super Bowl win. Uh, Need an answer. Bob, uh, John o- Bob John Elway? Greasy threw for 73 yards oh. in wow. Super Bowl eight. Oh. Yeah, Elway oh. only threw for like 130 against us when we lost. That's almost I double believe. what old Bob did in Super Bowl eight. Um, let's see, let's see. Dan and Tosa. Dan and Tosa, you're up next. You ready to play Super Bowl Squares? I hear the frustration in your voice, Jeff, so I'm going to try it for you here. All right. Uh, Who is the only quarterback to throw 25 interceptions in a Super Bowl winning season? The only quarterback to throw 25 interceptions in a Super Bowl winning season. I'm going to say Eli Manning. See, I, mean, I, I appreciate that guess. Unfortunately, it is Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw was the answer there. Oof. How many more you got? I got I got one question, and then I got to start making up. I got a list here. I pulled up a list. I got a list here. Uh, Let's go to yep. Let's go to Eric in Madison. Nope. Justin. Justin in Milwaukee. You're up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Which quarterback owns the single game record for passer rating in a Super Bowl? Quarterback who owns the single game passing record in a Super Bowl? Uh, Steve Young. Phil Simms had a passer rating of 150.9 in Super Bowl 21. I think we got to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Bang through some more when we come back. All right. (laughs) Stick around. 800-990-3776. We We ran out of music. We need callers. We we ran out of callers. Damn you. We ran out of questions. We're 0 for 3. Our pets are falling off. 